Welcome to another episode of FTU Life After the Military. I'm your host, Tony Rodriguez, and I am back from the UK. Um, that was a great two weeks. I learned a lot in uh, my cultural class that I had out there, and I recommend uh, you go out there and visit if you have the opportunity to see London. If nothing else, just to see London. There's so much to do that two weeks isn't enough. Um, again, great time, great place. Um, so in this episode, you know, there are a few things that I want to talk about, right? Um, so one, of course, this, this podcast is dedicated to helping people find uh, employment, right? Or transition out of the military into normal life. So what does that mean? Well, it means whatever you want it to mean. Because once we're done, once we turn in our uniform, uh, hang up our boots, uh, it, it's, it's up to us. We decide what we want to do and who we want to become. And if you just want to sit home and do nothing, just watch Let's Make a Deal and Price is Right, then by all means, go ahead and do that. If you want to go out and change the world, if you want to protest everything, do that. If you want to go out there and run for politics, um, then have at it. Um, but, you know, what's the other thing that we focus on here? It's it's mental health, right? And I bring that up because uh, I mentioned uh, the people who influenced me over my military career, right? Same names as always, you know, Junior, Drew, Jesse, Al, John, Orlando. You know, there's other people, uh, but those are the people that always come uh, just always – on top of my head, you know, Juan, Juan, um, you know, I had lunch with Juan yesterday and it's always good to see Juan. I'm glad that he's, uh, seems that his transition is going fairly well. Uh, he's taking time to think about what he wants to do and he's made some decisions and I'm good for him and his family, his wife, for chief, you know, both of them, very dedicated people, very smart, very loyal. I know they're going to be successful. Um, whatever they do. Um, and I, you know, I know they're going to go out and they're going to be champions. They're going to be winners. Um, but I, I want to bring this up because, uh, you know, I think Juan is an exception. Uh, people who transition out and or, or kind of know what they want to do and take their time in doing it. But, you know, ease into it and have a, a what seems like a very smooth transition. I know it isn't because I'm still going through it, right? I'm what, seven months in now to my transition. And so I, I took on quite a few things when I got out, right? You know, I started this podcast, started writing a book, applied to a PhD program, you know, found employment, started working full time. Um, so it's it's quite a bit. I also decided that hey, you know what? I'm going to purchase a house. Um, well, all that added up um, pretty quick, and over the past two months, it, it started taking a toll on me on my mental health. Right, it started breaking down, and what I realized was is, you know, I was combining my military mentality with uh, my new philosophy and in transition right in transition we're able to do whatever we want and so i was exploring that but i was 
still had the military mentality of prioritizing everything. So everything that I tried was all of a sudden super important. You know, those dance lessons with my wife, super important. Guitar lessons, super important. Everything was the number one priority. Well, that's impossible, right? Um, so it started taking its toll on me. And uh, so what, what was the tipping point for me, and this is pretty ironic, right? I, I, so I turned to the VA for assistance uh, for my mental health. And they're actually the the place that made it the worst. Uh, there were a few days there where I contemplated just putting a bullet in my head. Now, of course, I, I didn't do it, you know, and fortunately I have a good support system with my family that I, I knew that was not the solution, right? That that was a horrible idea. Um, but I think I've been pretty lucky with my transition. And I was thinking if, if I was thinking like that, then how many other people out there who have, who have had a rough transition, what are they going through? And it isn't about being mentally tougher or mentally strong. This is about just life, you know? And I bring that up because there's a few people from my old unit, let's see, had one who had a heart attack. I had one who's doing some serious jail time, uh, still in prison. Um, I don't I don't know when he's ever going to get out. Another one who did uh, minor jail time in and out and let's see what was that one who had a heart attack one who's doing major time one who's did in and out of jail and then uh one who just passed away and his circumstances were unfortunate and i don't i don't want to get into that um and then there's a last one that nobody has seen or knows what has happened to him he seemed to have gone off the rails and is living crazy life, uh, doing who knows what. Um, but it, it just worries me um, because w what are we missing? W what is this? Um, we all go out and we serve our country to the best of our ability. You know, some people go out and they, you know, exceed the standard they're captain americas they're the super soldiers sergeant rock and then you have some of us like me who you know we go out there we do the best we can but that's like you know 70 percent it, it it's enough to get the job done you know and, and that's all right you know i did the best i could and but now that we're done it, it i just i'm not sure what what's going on like why are we all it seems like we're falling apart, like we're lacking purpose. Um, so if you're out there and you considering hurting yourself or hurting someone else, don't, you know, stop, like go leave, leave your house, um, go for a walk, go for a run, just get in your car, go for a drive. You know, what I realized uh, when I was uh, feeling bad uh, because I had all this stuff that I had put on my shoulders uh, and the VA made it absolutely, they made my pr problems 10 times worse, right? Um, it wasn't until I stopped and thought about it. It's like, wait, I can take a time out. I can leave. I can get in my car. I can, I, I did. I, I live here in Fayetteville. I got out of my car and I drove up towards uh, the Virginia border 
It was like, what, two and a half hours away, two hours away. And so I could go to uh, Dunkin' Donuts that I know that's up there just so I could uh, have some me time and listen to some music and not be bothered. And that helped, right? I, and I don't know if people understand that. I, you know, that's nothing new. This isn't or shattering news, you know. Um, but you can take a time out. It's okay to put things down. Uh, the world isn't going to end if you decide, hey, you know what? I'm going to take a day off. I'm not going to worry about anything. Nothing's going to happen today. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to try to fix any problems, nothing, right? That's who we are, right? We're fixers, right? We have to fix everything, right? You have a problem here, let me fix it. Or you have this going on, let me fix it. You know, and, and we don't have to do that anymore. Um, you know, I, I heard quite a few people saying that when they got out, you know, they were just bored, that it, it, there's just nothing to do. It's like there are a million things to do, a billion things to do. It's just we're used to being in the military and when we get out, we're higher ranking. So every nonsensical issue that comes up, it's like, hey, Master Sergeant, hey, Sergeant Major, we have this going on. Well, let me fix it for you. Let me take care of it. It's like, we don't have to worry about that anymore. We don't. Who cares? Who cares? Who? Nobody cares if you let your lawn grow anymore. Like it, it you know, some, nobody's going to come by and say, hey, you're, you're, you haven't mowed your lawn in, you know, three weeks. Let's get a detail out here and mow it. They're not going to come by and say, hey, you didn't put the miles on your vehicle this week. You didn't put miles on your vehicle. No, nobody cares. Nobody's going to come by and say, hey, you haven't gone to dental, so you better make sure that you go and do your dental exam. Th those things are, are they're so stupid and so ridiculous that we were programmed to believing that they were important. And they're not. They're not. Not in the least. You know, again, it's just high-ranking people, usually officers who are worried that there's stupid excel worksheets have red blocks and you know it would stress us out so we would have to fix everything right and we let that carry over into our regular lives well it's okay it's okay to let it go you know when i was in the uk you know i was in this program and it, there was quite a few reading there was two weeks and there was papers that were being written and i had to write a paper every day and i, I learned a lot and the people there were great and i realized Hey, you know what? It's okay if my project isn't the best. It's okay if my paper isn't 100%. Why? Because I was still in a PhD program and I was trying to purchase a house dealing with the realtor here or with the loan officer. So, you know, I try to ease up on some of the, some of the issues that I had and I feel better. I, I feel a lot better. Um, so please just take care of yourself and, and just know that not everything that is out there is a priority and everything that you come across does not require you to fix. It It doesn't. It, it's okay to just relax. Now, on the other hand, you know, it, you know, it, it's okay if you just want to go and be a beach bum and, and do nothing. But, you know, this is our opportunity to do whatever we want. Whatever we want, finally, for once, we don't have to ask for anybody's permission. We don't have to seek anybody's advice. You can go do whatever we want. And, you know, when I was purchasing my house, right, um, I really like this experience this time because what I found out is I don't need realtors are. I don't even know why you need a realtor. The realtor I had was a joke. Um, I'm not going to name her name 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 her um but i had to 
talked to my uh, loan officer. I said, you know, I, I don't need her. I'll, I'll do it. And that's what I did. Everything that a realtor was supposed to do, I did on my own. Um, and I don't think I'm particularly smart. But what I'm saying is what realtors do are is it's very, very easy. Okay. It's, it doesn't take a rocket, rocket scientist to do their job. It doesn't. And going through this uh, house purchase, you know, the final day when I had to go close, right? We show up to the um, attorney's office and the administrative assistant's there. And we walk in, my wife and I, we walk in. And the assistant asks, is like, are you going to have a realtor come in? It's like, I don't know. And she's like, well, why wouldn't you know? It's like, look, don't worry about it. I'm the one who's purchasing the house. I'm the one signing the paperwork. I'm the one that's going to make the payments, not the realtor. So don't worry about it. Don't ask me about it again. As a matter of fact, if the realtor shows up, ban her. I don't want her in the, in this office. And the assistant thought I was joking. I said, I am not joking. I do not want her here. If she shows up, I will leave and I will not purchase this house. Um, so the realtor didn't show up. And you want to know why? Because I don't have to explain myself to anyone for anything ever again. And we all need to understand that, right? Like the administrative assistant was so used to like realtors bossing their clients around, telling them what they were going to do. It's like, no, she works for me. And guess what? She's not welcome. I just gave her an invitation. See you later, Holmes. <laughs> and it's just as simple as that. But again, right, we have these rules that are in place and people are afraid to question them or just voice their opinion, right? And it's okay if you do. Go live your life to the fullest. When you purchase something, when you get into some sort of deal, the people on the other side are not your friend. They're not. They're business people, right? You're conducting a transaction. We're not friends. We're not buddies. We're not pals. We're not bros, right? I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to build rapport so I have trust. Well, guess what? I don't trust you. You want to know why I don't trust you? Because you're running your mouth. So I know when you run your mouth, everything that comes out is a lie. <laughs> and that's how I approach negotiations, right? The best thing I ever heard was in uh, Washington, D.C., Advanced Negotiations. Andre, the instructor, right? He put it pretty simple. He said, if you don't have something that the other side wants, then you're not negotiating. What you're doing is you're begging, right? And that's what they were doing because, yeah, I wanted this house, but I, don't know, I, I have a house. I don't care. So you want to know where I wanted a house? I wanted a house in Hawaii. I wanted a condo in Hawaii. House here on mainland, on the mainland, who cares? I couldn't care less. I, I couldn't care less if you were giving me a $15 million mansion for $100,000. Don't care because it's not in Hawaii, right? And I explained that to them and they thought I was joking. Nope. So I was, I'm sure they thought I was an ass, but I don't care because we're not friends, right? They had to deal with me. I didn't have to deal with them. And guess what? They did. Um, so br to bring it back, right? Uh, my wife was saying like, why, why are you so hostile? It's like, I wasn't hostile. It's, I was doing what I had to for my mental health because I knew what they were doing. And if I didn't speak up, it was going to eat at me right? For letting them take advantage of me. 
And I know people are going to be out there saying, well, that's not right. It's like, I don't really care. And you shouldn't care either because your health is more important than anybody else's opinion. Maybe your family's, like consider your family's opinion, but that's it. Nobody else's. Who cares? Because, you know, when you're sick or you're in your house falling apart, are those other people going to be there? Probably not. Right. But your family will be. So consider their opinion. And that's it. So I'm sorry, I, I, I don't mean for this episode to be uh, dark and down, but it, it was important because, you know, we lost another person, right? And so you always see those uh, um, commercials or ads on the internet, you know, 22, right? I'm doing my 22 push-ups. Well, guess what? Those 22 push-ups didn't help him. They didn't. They did nothing. They did less than nothing. Actually, what they did was they uh, distracted people from the real issue. Because, hey, hey, well, these people are doing push-ups, so that must be helping veterans who have mental health issues, right? No, it doesn't. It makes everybody feel good. And it makes people think, hey, we're helping each other. We're not. How, how the hell is how is it that somebody doing 22 push-ups off in Arizona was helping me uh, when I was here at my house, uh, you know, struggling for those two days? It, it didn't. It, it's not like I had a... You know, epiphany that just like, well, damn, bro, that guy out there, he's, he just did 22 pushups for me. So I'm going to, I'm going to get my head out of my ass and, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, figure out how to get through this. No, it's stupid. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. What we need to do is we just need to reach out to each other and try to help each other best we can. And if you can't, then just go into some place, man. Just if it's, even if it's just the emergency room. You know, I'm afraid of doing that too because I'm afraid they're going to strap a, a straight jacket on me and, you know, hit me up with a bunch of meds. So that, you know, I'll be a zombie for the rest of my life, just drooling myself and pissing myself in some padded room. Um, you know, that's my fear. I know that's not how it's going to be. Um, you know, I, I mentioned it before. I went and got some help from Tracy, and she was a great. You know, she helped me out a lot. And just the techniques that she taught me, that helped me get through those two days. So, you know, it doesn't have to be a lifelong thing, uh, but just go get some help. All right. So to transition over to what the, this podcast, the other thing this podcast focuses on, right? It, uh, jobs, right? Because that's what we all want to do. We want to look for jobs, right? So for me, uh, you know, the job I have, it, it, it's pretty sweet. I like the people I work with. It's they're a pretty diverse group. We're everybody's open to hearing different opinions. Uh, but there was a position I applied for um, the same time I applied for this one. Right, it, it is working for the state of North Carolina in their criminal justice division for uh, justice standards. Right, and it, it came down to the in the final round of interviews it was me. I think I. I I think it was me and someone else and the other person got it um and he was a better selection right he was had multiple years of experience actually working in a police force right so he he got the job and you know good for him he deserved deserved it um but this job markets right there it's not like it was when our parents were growing up we they found a job they stayed there they just stayed there right so this guy got this job and Turns out 
he found something else. And so he left. So the job came open again. So I applied one more time and I'm going to take my chances with it. You know, it's a reduction in pay and, you know, I'm going to interview for it. I don't, I don't know if I'll get the job, but the thing is, it's, that's the field I want to work in. And why do I bring this up? Because once you get out, you know, you're going to look for a job and people say, well, you have to look for your perfect job. You have to know what you want to do. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just knew I wanted to work. I didn't care. I didn't care if I was, you know, out there harvesting tobacco, you know, that would have been fine with, with me if I could use some machine because I'm not bending over to pick tobacco. Right. Um, but it, who cares? I, I don't care. I don't, didn't care if like you gave me a mop and said, Hey, go mop all every Walmart in North Carolina. That's fine. As long as you pay me the salary I want, that's fine. I don't care. What difference does it make? And I don't care if, if they said, Hey, you're going to be a, you know, just giving public speeches every day, five days a week. Okay. That's fine. Couldn't care less what I did when I got out. Um, I got lucky with this job and I like it. Um, but that didn't mean, you know, I don't have to be there for the rest of my life. And so I continue to put out job applications for jobs that I want to do. So I can work in a field that I want to work in. And, and that's perfectly fine. And so, you know, go out there, identify what skills you need for these jobs and obtain those skills. You know, again, I, I hate harping on it, but just because you're a veteran does not mean people are going to hire you. Companies like here, here's a secret, guys. Like I, I don't know if you know this, but veterans like to say they like to advertise. Hey, we hire veterans. They're not saying that they only hire veterans. That if you're not a veteran, they won't hire you. They say that they hire veterans. Of course, every company hires veterans. That, that's stupid. You don't even have to advertise that. They just want the good ad, uh, advertising, you know, the positive advertising. Um, if it comes down between you and someone who's not a veteran, but they have the skills, guess what? You're not getting hired uh, because they're just a better fit for the company. And, you know, I see on LinkedIn, I see a lot of places where people say, you know, you should hire a character, not skills. You know, you can teach the skills. You can't teach character. Yeah, that's true. So how are recruiters and then hiring managers supposed to figure out what your character is in a 10 minute to 60 minute interview. That's impossible. It's impossible. So these, all these people out there saying like, Hey, you know, you should hire character. I just met you. How am I supposed to figure out what your character is? You could be the best liar on the planet. I, I don't know. So what do I do know? I, I can see what your references are, right? I can call your references and see what they say about you. I can see what your education is, your past uh, employment. I can call those places and see, verify it. Those things are verifiable. Unless you're a complete and total moron and you're dropping F-bombs left and right in these interviews or telling people, you know, some obscene stuff, absurd stuff that, hey, yeah, you know, I, you know, used to smoke, you know, a pound of pot a day when I was in high school. It's like, what? Like, you know, unless you're doing that, it's almost impossible to gauge uh, who is of high moral standards and who is not. So, yes, people are going to say you should hire character. And then you could train them. Those are the people who don't want to invest the time 
in themselves. And it's easier just to cry about it and say, oh, wow, woe is me. Look, if you served in the military, the VA is horrible. They're horrible with their health, right? Their mental health and it, it, the med stuff, they, they, they're crap. I mean, they'll give you meds left and right. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like, hey, you want some meds? They'll, they'll give you pounds of that stuff, right? But the one thing they are good at is their uh, vocational retraining programs or, you know, just finding money to go to college. So bug them about that. All right. The, what is that? Chapter 31. The, the It's called something else now. It's like veteran. It's vocational retraining, right? Like if you were doing a job before, like say you were an engineer, right? Say you used to use a bulldozer, but you were injured, right, in the military. So now you can't do that. Get out and find a job doing that. Um, they'll, they'll pay for you to go learn a new skill. You can go be a data analyst. You know, it's not as exciting, but you can make the big bucks doing that. So invest in yourself. Like, go out there and, you know, just win, you know. Just be the best you can. And, and, and don't, you know, don't listen to all these people with their hype about, you know, Oh, higher moral characters like companies. It's important, but you have to have a skill. You have to have. You have to bring something to to the organization. And people who say that education doesn't mean anything, those are the people who don't have education. You want to know why I know that? Because I used to say that. And then I got an education, and now I realize how stupid I was <laughs> prior. Uh, so just invest in yourself, guys. All right, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself physically and mentally. You know, in England, when I was out there, in the UK, it's like, I don't know how those people aren't all dead or at least 500 pounds each uh, because, dear Lord, they eat a ridiculous amount of starches. It's like I would eat one meal a day and I was stuffed. I, I, I couldn't eat, right? Uh, of course, you know, you're out there, you have to go get fish and chips and I'm such a nimrod i didn't understand uh their different sizes and proportions right and so i asked for uh fish and chips and the young man asked me do you want a large it's like yeah yeah give me large and he's like you want large chip it's like yeah give me the large chip and then i thought about it he's like you want two fish it's like yeah yeah give me two and two large it's like yeah give me two large well each fish looked like it was a pound and i was like dear god and he gave me a pound of chips with fries right it's like there's no way I, I couldn't eat that it's like i i don't know how they're able to do this um but you know being out there for two weeks eating that that uh high starch meals uh made me feel really sluggish you know i was having to run farther you know to work off those calories um which was good uh, because i got to train train for this uh marathon coming up next year so, um, you know, I'm getting back at it and getting my diet back to normal. So I can feel uh, 100% again or as close to 100% as I can. So, um, you know, the other thing is if you have the opportunity, get out and travel, right? I, I, you know, I love drinking coffee, but when I was out there, you know, they taught me uh, all the difference in all the teas and, you know, adding milk to your tea. And, you know, I, I'm not going to. 
go through all the trouble they did um, because they would have tea like five times a day. Um, but maybe I'll have it once a day and it was actually pretty good. I enjoyed it. So, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll make that a daily habit of having a late afternoon tea. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see if my granddaughter uh, wants to join in. Uh, but again, this is just going to be another little short episode. Um, so um, I want to promote Bill's uh, business, the company that he works for, um, because, you know, I, I did not go through Bill um, for my home purchase. I did not ask Bill Mitzef to be my uh, loan officer. And the reason for that is because I know I can be a pill and I didn't want uh, to, for Bill to uh, get upset at me or, you know, cause any personal problems. Uh, because again, uh, people are saying I had to be rational. It's like, no, I, I, I don't, I didn't, I don't have to be rational. And I wasn't, I wasn't, and that's perfectly fine. Um, but if you want to purchase a house, Go talk to Bill. He'll help you out. He'll give you all the information you want. You can trust Bill. And he's a very patient person and he's very knowledgeable. And he'll help you out. He'll he'll give you the best rates. So again, that's Bill Mitzef, M-I-T-S-E-F-F. -F, and he's a VA loan mortgage lender at Experienced Cross Country Mortgage. All right. Um, so for this week, shout outs, you know, I want to give a shout out to all the guys out there in the UK. Uh, there are a bunch of good people to Jim and to Angus, <laughs> uh, very nice people, very understanding and very welcoming. And they made that whole experience awesome. And I want to go back to England again. I want to take my family out there so they can see it to the UK. I keep saying England, but it's the UK, United Kingdom. Right. And so thank you very much for everything that you did. I had a wonderful time and I learned quite a bit while I was out there. So again, take care of yourself, right? Take care of your physical health, take care of your mental health, identify what you want to do in life, you know, then figure out what skill uh, is going to get you there, right? What skill do you have that will help you achieve your goal? And just maximize that skill, man. Like, it's okay if you're, you know, I'm not very good at speaking. I I speak several languages, and I'm piss poor in all of them, right? But I practice and try to get better, right? And that's all you can do is just practice and do the best you can, right? But if you do that, I, I promise you, you'll be successful. You'll win, all right? So, again, until next time, zot, 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 and roll tide.